Can we please talk about all the eye pokes and all the disqualifications from last week? Well, not disqualifications, no contests, I guess. Um, can we also talk about UFC Vegas 22 coming up tonight? It's going to be Brunson against uh, Kevin Holland. That's going to be a really interesting fight. I'm, I'm a big fan of Kevin Holland and, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing him back in there again. So, uh, right, let's get started with... Last week's bets. As you all know, I love to play some terrible bets and I like to give you the satisfaction of seeing just how badly they all went. So, obviously, I bet against Angela Hill. My thought process was that she's lost a lot of close decisions lately. And you know what? Good for her. She got back into the win column and ruined that bet completely. So, yeah, fair play to Angela Hill. Uh, she, gets her, she gets one back. It wasn't a particularly spectacular fight, but hey, win's a win and a fight's a fight. Uh, Eric Anders, I liked him as an underdog against Darren the Dentist Stewart. Da it, he's not a real dentist. Don't get him to do dental work for you. He will mess it up. He'll mess it up real bad. But uh, yeah, I thought Eric, Eric Anders was looking really good in that fight. And then he went and did what I like to call a Peter Yan. He uh, kneed the down opponent to the head. It was slightly less egregious than Peter Yan's one, though. Let's all be honest here, right? He, there was every chance he didn't, looking at where his head was and what he could actually see at the time he threw the knee, there's every chance that he legitimately thought his opponent was still on his feet, like just kind of hunched over. So uh, it was in, that was a no contest, not a disqualification. And um, yeah, you know, so, so that voided my bet. And as I always say, a void is better than a, is better than a loss, right? Am I right? Because I get my money back. <laughs> you know, but that that one, I was a little bit... Because I thought that yeah, Anders was looking good. So I thought that bet was going to come good. One bet that wasn't going to come good, though, was in the main event. Leon Edwards looked bloody good. He looked sharp. He looked brilliant. Uh, it, it, what looked sharper than ever was his eye pokes. His eye pokes looked sensational. Uh, no, he, he didn't do it intentionally. Like, the first one was like an accident. He was, you know, put his hands out. But then... There's a lot of people. Uh, so yeah, sorry. The result of that fight was um, was another no contest. And the interesting thing here is that a lot of people were were, were crying, saying, "Well, well, how come you know uh, Peter Yang got disqualified and Leon Edwards gets rewarded with like a no contest, doesn't get a loss on his records?" Well, guys, the difference is intent. Okay, because the thing is, is like that went down, like that eye poke went down as an accidental eye poke. Even and people say, oh, but he'd already been warned once. It's like, yeah, okay, he'd been warned once. So in that instance, they probably would have taken a point. But he got warned about keeping his hands up, right, his fingers out. Look at look at the eye poke. His fist was closed. It was a freak anomaly, right? Look at it here. I'll bring it up here, right? Are those fingers up and out? I'll ask you the simple question: Are the fingers up and out? And if you're saying yes, then maybe you've been poked in the eye and you should get your fucking vision sorted. Because look, that's a closed fist, right? And he was kind of propping to throw the kick. It was a freak accident, and therefore it's not an intentional foul. Therefore, if, it's, if a fight is ended by an unintentional foul, then it goes down as a non-contest. The Peter Yan incident was an intentional foul, because the referee told him his opponent was down, and then he decided to throw the knee anyway, regardless, i.e. intentional. So the difference, the, the difference is intent right whether he got warned or not that's irrelevant yeah okay he probably would have got a point taken but that was a freak accident unintentional versus intentional it's easy simple right 
Leon Edwards isn't really looking for that rematch. And you know what? I kind of see his point. Uh, and I see Bilal's point. Bilal should be lobbying for that rematch. Obviously, do it. Like he should be lobbying for it because um, it's a big fight for him. Do I think he wins that rematch? No. Looking at how sharp Leon Edwards looks, right? Obviously, there was still a lot of fight left, and you can never really count anybody out in mixed martial arts. Anything can happen. But he was comfortably winning that fight. That that has to be said. You know, he he was looking very good, very sharp. You know, he was catching with a lot, with a lot of things. Leon Edwards looked really good. I'm really looking forward to seeing him fight again, and hopefully soon. Because man, yeah, he looked good. He's a really good uh, English prospect. Really enjoyed watching that. So. On to the news. Khabib's, he's, he's, he's leaving, retired or not. This is my favourite segment. Well, one of my favourite segments. They're all favourites. You know, they've got a special place for me. Uh, yeah, retired or not. Khabib is retired, apparently. He is now literally officially retired. So, um, yeah, you know, th th thanks thanks for all for all the great fights, I guess. Uh, uh, you're not the pound for pound. He, he, he was never the pound for pound best for me. Um it's just, I don't know, there's, he was really good, really dominant in his weight class, a weight class that he struggled to make, you know, even on his best day, you know, he missed weight several occasions, he was just a big, thick guy for that weight class with excellent, excellent grappling, and he's taking on guys that were just never able to match that style. And he never took any risks. Because you know, say what you will about Conor McGregor, right? But what makes him fun to watch is he's a risk taker. He rolls the dice. You know what I mean? He goes up weight classes. He he he, he takes on people that, that are dangerous. Whereas, you know, I, I don't feel like Khabib necessarily took too many risks. Uh, he was dominant, obviously. And he was, he was a great champion, obviously. Uh, but when you start talking about the, and I don't even like the whole pound for pound term anyway, because we all know that Stipe Miocic is the pound for pound best, because if you put Khabib against Miocic, I think Miocic would win. Like, because Miocic is twice his size. That's, you know what I mean? Oh, but, but if they both weighed exactly the same, yeah, and if and if Stipe could fly and had laser vision, what then? That's it. That's his fucking realistic argument. Is the whole, well, if you were to magically make them both exactly the same size, but keep their fighting styles exactly the same because their weight proportions don't change, but their size gets matched exactly. That's what, that's how ridiculous the pound for pound thing is, right? You, can you hear, you hear that, how ridiculous that is? Do you know what I mean? Oh, if they were both the same size, if Mighty Mouse was the same size as Stipe Miocic, he'd win. Yeah, but his fighting style would be completely different because if he weighed 240, 250 pounds, he wouldn't be able to do half the shit that he does. So it's a ridiculous argument. It's the same as saying, oh, well, you know, if he had super strength and could fly. It's stupid argument. The pound for pound list is stupid. There, I said it. With that in mind, I'd like to wish Khabib a happy retirement and uh, thank him for all of his great fights in the UFC. But yeah, so that has now set up uh, Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Now, a lot of people thought that Gaethje would be getting into that fight, but I kind of get it. UFC 262, May in Houston. They're going to have a crowd, apparently, because because Texas don't give a fuck. Texas are fucking, woo! I only, I, I'm afraid no coronavirus. I got my truck, I got my gun. Yeehaw! But yeah, so it's, uh, yeah... Um, I think that's great though, Joe. It'd be nice to see some fans back. And uh, yeah, it, it, Charles Oliveira, 100%. Uh, 
against Chandler. That's a great fight. That is a great fight. And I do get it, right? Because people are saying, well, you know, what about Dustin? It's like, look, Dustin was clearly offered that, but he wants to have the trilogy fight with Conor McGregor because that will pay more money. And then he can always fight the winner of that anyway. Do you know what I mean? The trilogy bout is there right now. So... I think, actually, uh, Dustin Poirier is making the right choice here because he's going to get way more money for fighting Connor that third time, and then he can always go and fight the winner of Oliveira versus Chandler if he gets another win over McGregor, which is probable since he just starched him in the last fight. Do you know what I mean? So it's 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 going it, to... I think that's a good move for Dustin. Uh, you know, Justin Gates, he's just coming off a loss. It's hard. I, I know they do do it. I know that, that... Before you start, before you start, I'm aware that people have come off losses and walked into title fights. Chow Sonnen fighting John Jones. I think he even fought um, Anson Silva coming off a loss. But, you know, uh, Jose Aldo. Like, there's a few people that have come off losses and then walked straight back into title fights. But when you have another viable contender like Michael Chandler, then he kind of has to go in there over people that have just lost for the title. Like, you know, Gaethje's last loss was for the belt, right? Oliveira's coming off a win and Chandler's coming off a win. It makes sense to match those two up. I don't hate that matchup at all. Do you know what I mean? And, and Gaethje, Gaethje will get his chance. Gaethje, hopefully, he'll get the Diaz fight. I would love to see Gaethje against Diaz. I think that that would be an absolutely brilliant fight. I think it would be so much fun. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, obviously, yeah, there's a lot of movement in the, light, in the lightweight division, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Junior DeSantos is not happy with the way the UFC treated him. Uh, apparently, he got rushed into his last two fights with like without sufficient time to prepare, and uh, he blames that for his TKO losses. I blame the fact that he's getting older and his style was just like, you know, he stands and tries to bang with people. When you get put him against guys like Siddle Gunn and, um, and Rosenstruck, yeah, he's, he's going to get knocked out. And I, I just feel like uh, DeSantos' best days were behind him. He was pro his contract was probably way too uh, lucrative and they needed to, yeah, the, the, I think the UFC were always going to get rid um, that that's just the nature of the game. Hope I wish him all the best in bare knuckle FC. Uh, anyway, so um, then I, I really need to figure out how to watch Rising as well. Speaking of other promotions, because man, I've been watching so like I watched some clips of Rising and some of their fights, and it looks so awesome. Spiritual successor to Pride, and but I can't find a channel over here that like that gets it, and I'm I'm terrible with like the whole downloading business. I just you know I just, I'm just not good at it. So I just you know. I mean, uh, hopefully, like, I'm, I'm hoping that a channel over here, like, in the UK, picks up Rising, because I would love to be able to, like, even, even if it's a repeat, because it's on at stupid o'clock in the morning, so I don't want to watch it live, but I would love to be able to watch it kind of on demand. I would, I would definitely pay for a Rising streaming service, like, where they, where you can just watch it kind of after the fact, you know, in the morning. I, I bloody love that. Uh, so fights that I've seen that have been made. We've got Matt Brown. Matt Brown's going to be back in action in, in June, taking on Diego Lima. That's an interesting fight. That's a, that's a winnable fight for both guys. A win over Matt Brown puts Diego Lima back into momentum as he tries to work his way up the rankings. And Matt Brown, he just needs someone else in front of him that he can either look brilliant against or look terrible against. Love that fight. Love seeing Matt Brown in action. So, um, yeah. Power to him. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, you've got Chris Weidman against uh, Uriah Hall. That one's been booked for April. That that should be a decent fight. 
Because, I mean, think Weidman's not where he used to be. Uriah Hall is trying to make some uh, to make some waves in the middleweight division because he, he keeps on talking trash on Israel Adesanya. Uh, he, he definitely wants to try and get that middleweight title fight. But the problem is which Uriah Hall turns up because he's either really great or really terrible. And um, it's been more terrible lately. But, uh, you know, Hall... Hall can be as good as anybody on his day, but he just need, he sometimes he lacks that killer instinct, I think. But um, you also have got Jacques Hermanson. He's been booked against Ed, Edmund Shabazian. Uh, Shabazian obviously just got knocked out by Derek Brunson, who is uh, in the main event at UFC Vegas 22 this weekend. And um, yeah, Shabazian's got an awful lot of hype behind him. He was like 50. He was basically. I don't, I don't really get it because as far, so far as I can see, his biggest achievement is uh, getting ragged up by Ronda Rousey in training when he was 15, and everyone's fucking like jizzing their pants over it. It's like, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. Um, I, I thought that Derek Brunson was gonna was gonna beat him, and he did, you know, fairly convincingly. And he and Brunson came in as an underdog in that fight. That's crazy. And I think that Hermanson's going to come in as an underdog against Shabazian here. And I think Hermanson is a fucking good fighter. I think Hermanson wins that. I don't I don't get the hype behind Shabazian. Let me know in the comments if I'm out of my mind. I don't get it. Or if you agree with me, let me know. Like what what is the deal with this kid? Okay, so he was Ronda Rousey's training partner when Ronda Rousey was just wanted a 15-year-old to throw around a bit to make herself look good on the open mat, I guess. Well what why why does that make him like a future Hall of Famer? All of a sudden, automatically. Don't get it. Don't get it. Don't get it. But yeah. So, moving on. Troll of the week. Okay, we've got so we've got three good ones here. They're they're, they're topical. So you've got uh, the this is this is this is a good one. It's like the retirement one. It's like you know uh, Khabib um, Khabib say that he's going to retire, and uh, you know, Dana White's just like just like no 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 no. We'll 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 figure it out. Look, we'll, we'll, I'll take you out today. We're going to go for a 98th dinner next weekend. He'll have to get a restaurant order, a restraining order to stop me. You know, he's, he, he's not retiring. Obviously, we now know that he is retired. Apparently, no, retired or not. There you've got uh, Hamzat Chimiev saying, "I oh, know, I want to retire." And Dana White's like, "Hey, we've flown him out here to the US and sure he, um, to make sure he's okay. You know, we'll probably give him a title shot next, even though he's unranked." <laughs> that is like the hype train that is Hamzat Chimiev, isn't it? And then you've got Henry Cejudo. There's like, "I want to retire." Dana White instantly, he's been stripped from the belt and removed from the rankings. Goodbye. <laughs> Uh, it's just like, yeah, it is just funny. But, and then uh, next up, we have got the Yan, uh, the Peter Yan knee troll. Basically, it was a bit of a bad look. Eric Anders, uh, the week before, uh, the, yeah, last week, uh, basically, I think it was on Twitter, it looks like, he just said, uh, you know, he came up after Yan, like, kneed Aljamain Sterling, he said, Yan's playing by pride rules. And then, one week later, it's like, you know, Eric Anders ends up kneeing a downed opponent, and, uh, yeah, and uh, Peter Yan actually replied to that comment just with the face palm thing, and it's like, yeah, you know what, that is funny. That is, that is kind of karma, isn't it? It's like, sod's law. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, last one, 
We've got the uh, DC lit back. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, uh, DC has always been accused of uh, eye poking. I think uh, some, some fighters getting fairly tired with that with that brush because it's just it's just something that happens with those gloves. Like they need to change the gloves. It's like it's not really intentional. But like, uh, yeah, you have got DC shaking Leon's hand afterwards. Say, hey, Leon, that was one hell of an eye poke. And then you know, obviously, Leon embraces him, says, thanks, DC. That means a lot coming from you, man. Because yeah, it's it's you know, the DC is the greatest of all eye pokes and uh, working Leon Edwards is trying to emulate that which uh, yeah I just thought, thought that was pretty funny so let's uh, let's now move on to the fights this weekend there, should, there are some really good ones on here actually some interesting fights I'm going to start off in the heavyweight division because here at the Burt Locker we love a heavyweight fight I particularly love it when I see Tai Tiavasa in action uh, Tai Tiavasa against Harry Hunsaker right so uh, you've got the odds up here. Tai Tiavasa is coming in uh, a very heavy favourite here. 1.20. That's one of the heaviest favourites I think I've ever seen. Definitely heaviest favourite on the card as far as I can see. Harry Hunsaker's four and a half against. Woo! And that is because Hunsaker, with respect, his biggest um, achievement so far in his career is uh, is getting knocked out in the Contender Series. Um yeah, I mean, but also, Hunsaker, I would say, has got quite a few, like, knockout wins to his record. He's won belts in other organisations. They are at heavyweight. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the heavyweight division. Anything can happen. It's not like Taiti Avassa is the has the tightest defense and you know fights the the smartest fights in the world is it joey he's not that's not something that he's known for is it is it is tidy of known for playing it safe and just winning like really kind of safely without taking any damage no he either wins devastatingly or loses crushingly and that is why i like tidy of right now Last night I put my bets on, and I actually because because of the odds, I, I said you know because sometimes these heavyweight fights, especially the three rounders, they go to a decision more often than you think. However, so uh, I've actually backed uh, Tai Tiavasa at seven and a half to um, to get the decision here. In hindsight, that is stupid, right? And here's why: because Hunsaker had all of his professional fights have ended in the first round, win or lose. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> and Tai Tiavasa, aside from his uh, decision against Olofsky, has finished every single one of his wins in round number one. So actually, yeah, I, I should have gotten longer than seven and a half to one because that is never happening. That is a terrible bet. But that is what I went for and is what I'm going for. And I'm going to stick to my guns. Tai Tiavasa to win by decision. But... I'm also having a little side bet because have you seen the state of that? Plus eleven for Hunsaker to for Hunsucker to get the um to get the knockout or TKO. That's crazy. I'm having a little go on that. You've got to. It's heavyweights. Anything can happen. Um yeah, so I'm gonna flip flop completely. I'm now gonna say Hunsucker by knockout. <laughs> Just because I've got no faith in Tai Tiavasa. Tai Tiavasa is... Right, I, I love watching him fight because he is a wild man. He drinks beer out of shoes. He's just, he's just a fun fighter to watch. He's like a fun, less mopey Mark Hunt. 
That's what he's like. He, he goes out there, he either, he either falls on his sword or he knocks people out. Uh, I love seeing that. I think he's such a great character for the division. But yeah, he's like a much more fun Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt to me just, I don't know, I love watching him fight and then just his his whole reaction to the Brock Lesnar thing, I just lost all respect for him, honestly. Like, I get it, right? You don't like steroid cheats. However, before the fight, you kept on going on about how, like, you were, it didn't, how you knew that Lesnar was produced to the gills, but it didn't matter because you were going to knock him out anyway. And then after the fight, you tried suing the UFC and you got all fucking butt hurt because he tested positive for steroids. And it's like, well, hang on a second, which is it? You said it didn't, you said you knew he was on steroids and and that you were going to knock him out which says to me that you're not upset about that he was doing steroids you're upset about the result of the fight which was Lesnar winning and that's it you know at the end of the day I'd have had just far more respect for Mark Hunter if he'd just been like yeah you know what yeah he was juiced to the gills he was cheating and that sucks but you know what I, I should have been able to knock him out anyway and I didn't so eh you know move on to the next that would have been a much more uh, easy way to see him take that rather than watching him kind of cry about it for like you know over a year and take the UFC to court a couple of times and lose heroically in those as well so he's taken three losses when he could, should have only taken one you know it's like come up come on Mark I mean it's like it's a shame because I really liked Mark Hunt I just but uh, after I saw that I just found that hard to take so uh back to the fight that's happening this weekend yeah um Hunsucker by knockout. Why not? Hey, he's got knockouts on his record. Taiti Avassa is not the most like defensively sound fighter in the world. Why not take have a roll the dice on that? Have a go. Uh, I'm also having a quick go on Gregor Gillespie and Brad Riddle. Now, Gregor Gillespie, right? He's a weird cat. He's a weird cat, isn't he? Look at him. He looks like a heroin addict. Do you know what I mean? He just looks like a a kind of thin heroin addict. I don't understand. And weirdly, he looks small for that division. But, I mean, Riddle's, like, smaller than he is. But he didn't look smaller. I'm like, what? what is happening here? Like, what? Like, Gregor Gillespie is such an excellent wrestler. He's got some real, legit wrestling accolades. And he's a really, really good wrestler. He's gotten a lot of TKOs. He's gotten a lot of submissions. And, uh, yeah, his wrestling is, is absolutely fantastic. But I can just never quite buy into him winning a fight. Even though he's probably going to win this one. Because he is, a, he is quite a heavy favourite. Um, because yeah, you've got the odds up here, and it's not quite as one sided as the Titi of Asarods, but Gillespie's still coming in at 1.40 zeros, the favorite. Uh, Riddle's uh, three, th the three outsider, and yeah, you know, it's I've gone for Riddle by knockout in this one because right now, now, here's my reasoning behind this, right? Because there's a good, there's a really good chance Gillespie just takes him down at will and just grinds out a decision, 2.88 on the decision there. That's why that's so likely, because it is likely to happen. But the, uh, the only kind of um, thing that I'm picking out here is that obviously Greg Gillespie got starched by Kevin Lee. That head kick knockout was, woo, just... Oh yeah, some people they don't come back from that. They don't come back looking good from that at all. So we will see uh, which Gregor Gillespie returns. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes once that switch gets flicked, it switches you know quickly. Which is why I'm going for rolling the dice on the knockout TKO here. Five point five, so circa four and a half to one uh, for Brad Riddle. And, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going for. Adding that to my uh, little accumulator there as well. And uh, so we've then got the main event, Kevin Holland versus Derek Brunson. Now, 
I bloody love Kevin Holland. I really do. I think that he, he, he's constantly talking. It's fun. He brings a lot of fun to the fights. He's a personality. I don't think that gets him past Derek Brunson, though. I think that the hype has kind of skewed these odds slightly because he's coming in as the favourite against Derek Brunson. Now, Derek Brunson, people sleep on him all the time, but Derek Brunson is a power-punching wrestler who's good at it as well. Like, you know, he, he ha he's had his share of losses, but... Brunson, he he's genuinely underrated. He really is. He he's he can hit really hard, and Kevin Holland does get hit. I mean, aside from that win over uh, D'Souza, like that that was a weird one. Uh, again, not to, not taking anything away from Holland. I think he's fantastic. And obviously, you've got to bear in mind, Derek. Like you know, the last big win for Holland was uh, was uh, Jacare Souza, and Brunson lost by TKO against uh, Jacare Souza. Now, MMA math doesn't work like that. However, they do have an opponent in common, and Kevin Holland knocked that opponent out, and Brunson lost by knockout to that same guy. So, you know, you, you have to weigh that up. So that's probably, that's, that probably plays into why uh, Brunson is coming as such a big underdog here. But, and Holland, he, he does have the reach. He's got about four inches in reach and he is taller. But he had those advantages against Thiago Santos. And Thiago Santos was able to tee off on him at will. And the leg reach as well. Because what, what Santos did to him was uh, leg kick him. And I did notice that actually the one stat where Brunson does have an advantage is the leg reach. He's got a few inches there. So, you know, maybe you'll see some, some of the leg kicks. But I think more, more likely... Um, Brunson pushes him up against the fence and hits him with a few nasty hooks. Uh, I see, I can see Brunson putting this one away. And so I am taking the TKO slash knockout for Derek Brunson. And that is, uh, that, that is going to be, um, yeah, plus five. So circa four to one. So I've obviously amalgamated these into a terrible bet that I did yesterday. So my Hunsucker KO is unfortunately not included on that one uh, because I have flip-flopped on that bet. I now have no faith in the Thai Tiavasa decision whatsoever. This uh, trademark flip-flop. Uh, but hey, the bet is already made. So Thai Tiavasa by decision, Brad Riddle by knockout slash TKO and Derek Brunson by knockout slash TKO is... Whoo, that's a terrible bet. That is 187.50. So 186 and a half to one. That's, yeah, it's worth rolling the dice on, isn't it? Hey? And uh, yeah, so obviously we've got add a little guy at Levens on the Harry Hunsucker uh, TKO knockout because it's heavyweights and you never know. But either way, there are some really good fights on this card. And um, you know what? It's, it's always fun when you've just got a little bit of money on them. I keep those stakes low because only bet what you can afford. And as always, keep those odds long and those bets terrible. If you enjoy this content, please give me a like and give me a subscribe and I will see you next time.